Holy heck, welcome to San Diego Magazine's Happy Half Hour, Troy. This is our first one back at the Devil Food Festival. Do I owe you a drink? Yes, you do. I'm kind of take it through you later. But first, I'd like to talk about who's sponsoring this awesome show this week. You want you to go straight up, straight into her? Because she's amazing. Yeah, I do. And okay. it's Hannah's Gourmet. It is Hannah's Gourmet. Ah! I love Hannah's Gourmet. All right. Now, and this is, I know it's going to sound like she's sponsoring this show so that we're going to um, rave about her. But if you go back into my past and you look on San Diego Magazine, I have raved about this woman for a long, long time. I've made it two people 50 bucks at least twice. Hannah's Gourmet is a is a San Diego staple, and like it's one of those places that just has soul. It's one of those places that's cute. It's, it's like charming. Hannah is always there. Her employees are family. Like they actually, when she hires somebody, you know what they do? They actually have invite them to work on the line, so to see if the employees that she already like loves and treats like family like this person and get along with them. And if they don't, they get to vote. They're like, nope, that person's in, that person's out. Wow, because it's important to have like that cohesion. Anyways, she does. She has weekly to go dinners. Um, you know, it's over by. Um, it's on Adams, it's like on, uh, basically Adams in Kansas, I believe. Adams, Adams in Kansas. It, you know, it's in the area of like polite provisions, cafe twenty two, cafe twenty twenty two. 21 one of those numbers Cafe 21 one of those numbers exactly so anyways you should go to Hannah's because she's doing brunch every Sunday she has brunch from 8am to 3pm and then during the week when the pandemic hit she started doing the um, takeout dinners and they were these really beautiful like global dinners she would change like a country almost every night and she does these ready to eat ready to just heat up dinners that she's serving out of her place you can get those almost every single night of the week um, she's doing a pop-up dinner it's a global dinner doing French family style on October 20th you can go online and get um, reserve your seats for that. It's a charming, charming, cool little place. It is so good, and I love that brunch so much. I've literally visited a lot. Like the eggs a la Marrakesh mm-hmm. is out of this world. It's basically like this like cinnamon lamb, ground lamb, and it has like these baked eggs in it. And oh my god, it's out of this yeah. world. So, anyways, that's that's our sponsor for the week, and we love her like genuinely in our bones. So, thank you, um, Hannah, for you know supporting our coverage of San Diego food scene. And go online at hannahsgourmetsd.com. Reserve your spot for her pop up dinner. Um, go get a ready uh, to eat. Uh, meal, take it home. Sign up for her newsletter to find out what cool, like, global food cuisines she's doing on a, when she changes it up. It's just an easy person to love in our food scene. Definitely. Go, go, go sport. Thank you. Holy hack, Troy. I said it in the beginning, but I'm like, hold on. Like, I, you're here. I'm, I'm, I can feel you. I, that's, you have a hand and a face and eyes. Your hands are all clammy. clammy. That's awesome. Oh, it's because I'm so nervous. I haven't seen you in so long. It's like we did Del Mar Wine and Food Festival, and drink, then, like, drink. Oh yep, see it there. I go, and then it's like you just like were missing. You it's got like, oh you guys. Gosh. I I had to take. <laughs> I, at one point, I just want everybody. Thank you so much for um, the patience and and a little bit of lag in our happy half hour podcast. Um, I I can't explain to you quite, and I don't want to put myself make myself a martyr by any means. But you know, taking over a mid sized media company, coming out of a global pandemic, having a baby the same week, and then launching the biggest food and wine festival that um, that the world has ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> It was a massive. I mean, we had over a hundred restaurants. Yeah, like ten of my friends come down from Food Network. I mean, Ryan, Ryan Cranston, and Aaron Paul. It was such a massive undertaking when that thing ended. Um, by the way, anybody out there who showed up 
thank you so damn much. I, well, I'm going to talk about this probably um, later on. But we were worried that it was going to be the fire festival. We didn't know. I mean, you can plan so much. And the, the only thing that matters is when you show up to that field, is it going to be good? And, and I, it was great. And it was so good, you guys. It was so good. I played like undercover, like reporter kind of thing because I wanted to get people's real like oh. ideas. So like um, my girlfriend and I, we would go up to like the table where like it's like, or, like one of the belly bars where like there'd be room there. And we'd be like, oh, this is how it could be like, oh, so what do you think? They're like, this is really great, blah, 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 everything. Like I didn't hear one negative thing. Dude, it was awesome. It, well, it, was, it was a restaurant. Hey, all my friends, thank you guys so much to the, the restaurant community and the chef community that I've, I've you know, I've been just mixing with and they've been putting up with me for 16 years you know they all showed up every single one of them that doesn't do the event so the quality of food was so so good you know and then you had like Alex Morgan in the 10th on Saturday emceeing the or emceeing uh, hosting the VIP party it was kind of surreal and I guess what, what it was it's that venue. That is that. That's the most perfect grass I've ever seen. And grass is illegal now. You know, I mean, it, there's no more grass. It felt like it was. I was back in the 1960s or 1970s when I grew up. When you actually like appreciated a good lawn. That's professional soccer grass, and it goes on forever. And it doesn't look like professional soccer grass. It just looks like perfectly good a lawn, like the best lawn you've ever seen. And then you see the ocean, and then all these restaurants. <sighs> well, so what did you? What have you been doing the last few weeks, though? Otherwise, like, have you gone like to the beach? You've been surfing, like. A, <laughs> Like, you have to have done something to take a load off. I mean, I know uh, I did. I'll, I'll, like, tell you, I'll tell you this. Claire gave me one day off. And I, and, and, and I, wor- and I worked half the day. And I did VO for a video. Um, so I did one, one day. She's like, you know what? You need one day. We don't have a dog. You don't have a kid. You don't have me. You don't have you the just go. company. You just go. And so she set me up at the um, Inn at Moonlight Beach. If you guys haven't gone to the Inn at Moonlight Beach, it's a really cool little... It used to be a bed and breakfast. It's uh, Now it was owned. It bought and retrofitted. It's in Locadia right by Moonlight Beach. Um retrofitted by a woman who got like two degrees from I believe Cornell and Harvard oh, wow. um, in urban planning and architecture and design she was at on partner track at one of the best um, architecture firms in the world um, her mentor was an, a President Obama's appointee for urban planning they her and her mentor rebuilt the Bund which is the Shanghai waterfront one of the most famous redevelopments in the world wow and she bought this little bed and breakfast called the Inn at Moonlight Beach and, and turned it into this wellness like retreat and I, I check in on this thing I get a little succulent farm they got Got, like herbs and spices and everything growing. You get you can make yourself into tea. Basically, they basically <laughs> like uh, take all those herbs and spices, and you can take a bath and like have wow. your you know, make yourself into a nice like you know chamomile chamomile Troy. They give you a robe. It was I had a robe. Nice. I, it was. It's a, not really relaxing if you don't get the robe. It, it's a it's a farm. So I I went there. Shout out to them. You guys got to check this place out. In, in at Moonlight Beach. First shout out of the day. First shout out of the day. There's gonna be many. Yes. Um. And then I just walked across. I went to Valentina. Valentina. Um. Oh, that's a charming little place in Lucadia too. That, I mean, I am instantly. I mean, I'm I'm not progressing in the attractive um, realm. You know, I'm going the opposite way a little bit. I don't bit. know. You're you're becoming a very handsomer man. I, I you know what? I appreciate this. This is a lovely moment between David and I. Yes. Thank you guys for listening to this. Um, but the that that is a really really like if I'm if I'm going on a date and I'm in North County, that's one that's the place I'm going. It's like the nice. Cafe Chloe, of, you know, Cafe Chloe R.I.P. But it's the Cafe Chloe of of North County. Um, and then I just laid on the sand and I read Thomas Pynchon. Um, uh, a uh, rainbow. God, I can't remember the name of the t- title of it right now. It's like across the rainbow or whatever the rainbow is. Anyways, I'm reading Thomas Pinchon because if I don't read, I can't write well. I gotta read. I have to read literature, right? So I laid on the it makes beach, sense. Laid on the beach for like <clears throat> three hours and just read a book. I looked like somebody's like, this guy's weird. 
It's, it's very, very <laughs> weird. And I mean, I guess people go to the beach by themselves and read, but that's what I did. It was a half day off. I'm so glad to be back, though. Guys, Happy Half Hour Podcast is back. Um, I know I've said that before, but this time I mean it. Yeah. Um, and we have the next couple of weeks booked. We're going to keep on booking them out. We're going to be back to a weekly basis. Thank you so much for putting up with everything. And thank you. Oh, Delmar Wine Food Festival. We're in, we, we, it was so good. It was so successful that we already announced next year. It's going to be October 2nd through 6th. Marks your calendars now. The main grand tasting, the 5th and 6th. And I won't talk about it all year. Just Thank you. Most. <laughs> <laughs> David was like, Jesus, when is this thing going to be over? We need to just make it our own podcast for Del Mar. I know. I know. It was like our yeah. big dream, man. And you guys yeah. helped us pull it off and it didn't suck. Yeah. Your, your, your time off was much different than my time off from the podcast. I, I went to Birmingham, Alabama. And went to a heavy metal concert for four days. Actually, it's more like that's hardcore. its own wellness retreat. Yeah. It's more like hardcore and emo. Okay. And really now I'm like old and stuff, and like yet some people are still like in the pit and doing all that. I'm like more of that guy that's sitting in, standing in the back, just crossing my arms, like nodding my head, mm-hmm. and then like occasionally I'll sing along to a couple songs. Oh, you're but, the head nodder. Yeah, I'm the head nodder. Okay, I, I kind of am too. You know, I mean, well, I didn't get, but then I'll get like you get like two glasses of wine. I mean, I'm a dancing fool. I'm, I'm just. I mean, I am just. Two, uh, Timmy Two Shoes. Yeah, I don't even know what that means, but um, it means dancing. I yeah. Think. yeah, but then it was a bummer because on the last day of the festival, they announced that next year is the last year of it, and it was only ever meant to be a four-year thing. And I've got I've got tickets for I've gone the first three years, uh-huh. and so we bought tickets already for it for the fourth year. So I just hope it doesn't. Not right. on the same dates as Delmar Wine and Food Festival. It, it, better, it better not be. Um, <laughs> I, I will call you and just like say that word over and over and over in your head. Yes, but so shout out to Furnace Fest. All shout right, Furnace Fest. Fest. All right. All right. So, but yeah, we have an awesome guest on the show today too. Yeah. Pablo. I, yeah, it's Pablo Becker. Um, he is, he opened up a place in Barrio Logan that you need to know about. It's called Fish Guts. His um, cousin is one of the, the most famous Mexican chefs on the planet. Um, kind of taught him everything he knew. Um, and we'll talk to him about his story. He opened up a place in San Diego called El Vitral, which is one of the first like really high end, like just kind of well done Mexican restaurants in a, at least in the center city. Um, and then it was even before Bracero. And then kind of, you know, that didn't work out. The economy collapsed and he just went and worked as a line cook in Chicago and found his purpose. And now he's back in San Diego going to the docks, getting the best local fish and putting the fish sandwiches. Pablo's coming on just a little. It's going to be great. Well, let's first jump into some news. Let's go into one of the openings. We put up a first look on SanDiegoMagazine.com. Yeah, this place is sexy. Yeah. And it's called... La Bamba. La Bamba. The La Bamba Room. I was hoping Troy was going to sing it, but... Thank you. Thank you. I don't really know the words. I, I apologize. I, um, I apologize to everybody at home for that. <laughs> um, the La Bamba Room is open. Yeah, this is uh, Ernie Becerra, uh, who uh, opened up a Salute, is the owner, owner of Salute Tacos um, in Barrio Logan as well. Uh, he did a... Like this really swanky, um, you know, like that Chicano vibe of a, a cocktail space right behind Salute. It's called La Bamba Room. You got a DJ, cocktails, neon, great design. If you're looking for a bar, you really need to go check out the barrio. And again, Fish Guts, who we're going to have on in just a little bit, Pablo. Um, he's down there in the barrio too. Leah's Lumpia is down there. There's so much good things happening on, on, in the barrio. One of my favorite places in San Diego right now. Um, the, uh, La Bamba Room is open right behind Salud. Go get some craft cocktails. Love it. So this next one hurts a lot. 
Uh, I believe it was like maybe when we were doing our year roundup, I said that it was one of the best soups in town they had, which you wouldn't have expected. Mm -hmm. But we're losing, we lost one of the best barbecue places in San Diego. Yeah, El Barbecue is closed. Um, El Barbecue is Chef Ami. Um, She is, she was the chef at um, Grand Old Barbecue. Uh, when I when Guy Fieri came into town and he asked me what place I want to take him to, um, I brought them to Grand Old Barbecue out in Flynn Springs, and it's really nerve wracking to, to um, bring Guy, who's had every barbecue joint in the world, to a barbecue place in San Diego, and I think that it's going to hold up. And he was like, "This is one of the best barbecue places that I've been." He was genuinely, genuinely not no bullshit. Like, yeah. oh my god, he looked at he looked at Ami and he looked at you know um, Andy, the owner, and he's like, "You use them full sticks because a lot of barbecue places will use sticks and gas to." speed up the process but it, it hurts the quality oh totally and Andy's like no, I'm using full sticks he's like are you kidding me like that, that not very many people do that anyways Ami was the chef that was on the show with us right and then she did her, left to do her own thing El Barbecue her and her husband um, Sean were doing oh excuse me not Sean um Ami left to do her own thing and her and her husband opened up a spot right on 25th and market. Um, it's a corner spot that, you know, has been a few different concepts through the years, but they had one of the best, it was just them two in there. They were just cranking on that place. They had one of the best tri-tip sandwiches I've ever had, like phenomenal, phenomenal barbecue. Um, but they just, you know, became new parents. Um, they, you know, life, life, goals change when you become a parent you know and and that place is kind of hard to make it to scale you know it's a good place to prove a concept it's a hard place to like really make a career in that little footprint yeah um so ideally look if you're an investor out there and you really want to get into the restaurant space look up ami ami cisneros c-i-s-n-e-r-o-s um look at look up her profile Get in touch with her and see if you can invest in a new El Barbecue somewhere else in the city. Because that's something she's considering. And that woman can cook. That sandwich, one of the best sandwiches in San Diego. It is soup verified by David. Exactly. But the barbecue as well. Absolutely. Barbecue, yeah. really Top sad. notch barbecue. Yeah. Really, really sad to see them go. Um, but I, I, that's definitely not the last that we'll see of Ami. Definitely. So do we want to go with another closing or do we want to go with what's the really big restaurant news? Okay. Let's go for Let's get all, all, all the hearty yeah, out of the way. Yes. Okay. So we just lost Twigs. Long running cafe in San Diego just closed fairly abruptly. I can't speak today. That's, <laughs> that, that's all right. We, we haven't been speaking in a long time. Exactly. It's because we haven't been doing the podcast. I had to relearn my ABCs. Yeah, <laughs> that's cute. Thank you. I like that. Um, yeah, so Twigs has closed uh, both locations. I mean, that was like San Diego icon, right? It was like remember when you guys, if whoever been here for a long, long time, uh, Java Joe's. It was like when Java Joe's closed. Java mm-hmm. Joe's was a cafe slash, slash open mic in uh, OB. That's where Jason Mraz got his start. It's where Jewel got her start. Um, when that closed, it was like oh, and Twigs is the same, right? It was just it's where I wrote bad poetry there multiple times. Wow, really? Um, I did get a poetry degree. I don't know if anybody knows that. I did. Um, uh, the uh, you know, it's just like it was a long-standing neighborhood hangout, and people loved it. It was just a. I mean, when you're around that long, and it was just you know, indie. You know, it's just like it's kind of not. I'm not gonna say it was um, like just kind of like haphazardly put together, but it had that like somebody made this. A corporate manual did not make this. You know, like uh-huh. individuals are just replacing the chair when the chair is ready to go and they'll find something funky. It, it, it's just a, a really well-loved place in San Diego. Both locations gone. Definitely. Um, I would go to the ones on Adams. Uh, 
when I drank coffee, like when I'd walk by there and they just had the best group of regulars. Like you would see them and just start to like recognize everyone that was in that totally. shop. Somebody like in a trench super, coat. Super yeah. Loved. Okay. Big news. This is big for North Park. This is massive for San Diego. Drew Deckman. We, we, we broke this news. Uh, we've been holding on to it since we had him on the podcast. Like we were talking I've about it I've been holding on to this <laughs> news for like months. I've been waiting to break this news. But Drew Deckman is coming to San Diego. He's opening up a restaurant in North Park. He is taking over Hoxton Manor. Okay, so Hoxton Manor, a good restaurant. I, I, they, it's over in North Park. It's kind of in the, uh, where exactly? It's right by Original 40, so it's kind of down mm-hmm. near um, uh, Iowa and University. Iowa and University. So Drew Deckman is one of the best chefs in Valle de Guadalupe. He is always over here at the events. Um, he was at the Double Wine and Food Festival. Let's drink. Um, he is, mm, he's just, he, he is one of those. He trained over in Germany, worked for um, four seasons, was at a restaurant where they got a Michelin star, and I think even two Michelin stars, I forget. I think it might have just been one. Um, anyways, they moved him to Mexico um, at the four seasons, and he just fell in love with Valle Guadalupe. So he, felt, he drove up when Guadalupe was almost nothing, right? And they would just do um, uh, like pop-up restaurants or pop-up eateries along the side of the dirt road on the way to all the wineries. And if you guys don't know what Valle Guadalupe is, it's a Mexican wine region down in, you go to Ensenada, 90 miles south of the border, you turn left for like 10, 15 minutes and you're in this magical wine region um, of, of Mexico where I think over 90% of the country's wine is grown. Anyways, opened up his own restaurant called Deckman's in El, El Magor underneath these um, like pine trees. And he basically had an old science door from uh, UCSD that he turned over its side and that's his cutting table. And he had haystacks. And, he would, and to this day, he doesn't have any, he just cooks over open flame. That's all he does. Is he going to be doing that in North Park? He, there's going to be a wood-fired element um, of what he's doing in North Park. Yeah, so he's opening up in North Park. It's going to be, you know, a little bit of a flavor of what he does down in the Valle. Um, but he's also going to have an oyster bar, which is that they have. That's one of the only rooftops in in North Park. I think it might be the only roof rooftop in North Park. It's a tiny little like rooftop. But it's this cute little oasis they used to be doing oysters at, too. It's pretty much the only rooftop. There is a small, brand new one that was built. Like It's like a, it's not necessarily a rooftop, but it's a deck that's really high up. Okay. <laughs> at Original 40, which uh, they just basically built like literally two weeks ago. But that makes sense now when you said, uh, like basically cooking over fire, why they would be taking over the Hoxton Manor location. Because I was like, there's so many locations in North Park that they could be taken over, but they already have that set up kind of in the restaurant. Already. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you're, Drew Deckman, if you've been down, this is, I mean, his restaurant every time I go is one of the few restaurants that I've been to in my life where every single time I go and no matter who I take they're like oh dear god this is good yeah. I mean it is he is phenomenal and the good thing about him is that he really gives a damn about local uh, produce about local like um, he in Mexico he gets almost all of his ingredients from within like a 10 to 100 miles so yeah. he knows the quail farmer down the road he knows the farm over here he knows his, his, his shrimp guy I mean he's going to bring that same ethos to North Park. Drew Deckman landing in, in South Park, I mean, North Park is kind of like, you know, when Richard Blaze came to town. You know, it's like when, you know, um, when who else came into town? Uh, oh, it's like when Travis Swikert opened Cali. You know, I mean, that is going to be at that level, at that caliber of restaurant. Um, he's going to be opening up, I believe. I don't know the date. Okay, so you, so you can go on to SanDiegoMagazine.com. We have a new website, by the way. It's beautiful. 
It's we are nice. evolving as a media company. It's so cute. <laughs> um, but you can go to our website and you can find uh, the whole story on what his plans are for that space um, on San Diego Magazine.com. Definitely. That's your news for the week. Troy puts up a blog post on this new website, which uh, have you gotten familiar with WordPress? I have. Oh, nice. It's good. fun. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Um, he'll be putting up a blog post there so you can read all about this and much more on SanDiegoMagazine.com. And while we did just come off the event that we will not be mentioning for at least two weeks, uh, we do have another event coming up. <laughs> I saw what your mouth did there, Troy. You're mouthing it. <laughs> we do have an event coming up, though, very soon. It's San Diego Magazine Celebrating Women's Summit of 2023. Yeah. Uh, this is going to be really great. It's on November 2nd from 3 to 7 at the UC San Diego's Park and Market. Have you seen that venue? Yeah, it's beautiful. It's amazing. But uh, yeah, we have that coming up. Yeah, celebrating women. I, I, I would genuinely, genuinely urge you guys to go to this one. This one is just cool. You know, like this one is, I remember sitting in at the event last year and there's obviously like, I forget how many women that were nominated, but there was... It was hundreds. There was a few hundred. Women. A few hundred women that were nominated from their peers around the community, and I remember being at the event last year and just talking to some of the women that, uh, and the accomplishments of what they'd done. And it was mind blowing the kind of work that these women had done throughout San Diego. So it's really a celebration of badass women across San Diego who, who have you know really made an impact and are making an impact and will make an impact. Of rising stars, that sort of thing. Definitely. Um, I will say this: last year I did not love our programming, and we um, we didn't like the way that the event was because it shouldn't it kind of felt like an award show and almost like a pageant and we actually took a hard look at ourselves we're like you know what that's not what this this is about it's about creating a sense of community so we re-engineered the entire event it is a speakers panel now so we're gonna have a group of really strong you know women and we have some questions that are you know really involve women's issues and and just business and you know and life you know and um, we'll have a moderator there and we're really gonna do like a roundtable discussion of some of the most powerful women and accomplished women in San Diego and I think it's be a really really cool more meaningful more impactful um format this year definitely um just to go on to, to that as well like so this year we did involve like more categories so it wasn't just like woman of the year we had basically pioneer in stem and then the rising star in stem we have the pioneer in food and beverage in san diego rising star in San uh, uh food and beverage and then we actually opened it up to the public and we wanted to open it up to their friends to vote like for them and and whatnot the amount of outreach and voting that happened was Incredible. Insane. We had Incredible. over 25,000 people vote within one week. Yeah. I mean, absolutely amazing. But so, yes, November 2nd at UC San Diego's Park and Market. Really, really cool venue. And uh, I will let you know as well, um, there is less than 90 tickets left for this. Yeah. So get them now because it will sell out. Definitely. All right. It's time to get to our, time to get to our guest. I've known this man for a, a long time. And I've been, I've, been, I've been following his work. He disappeared in Chicago for a little bit. But I, <laughs> I, I, this, this man opened up one of the first high-end Mexican restaurants. And as somebody who grew up in San Diego and I would watch the food scene and, you know, all of the high-end restaurants, the people that were willing to pay like $25 for a really good meal made by a chef that spent their entire lives and cooking and learning and getting to the top, they would only let French or American or something else, you know, be that high dollar elevated great cuisine right? totally would not let mexican food out of the bag because we all grew up eating like three roll tacos right you know it's mexican food it should be 30 bucks this man opened up elvitrol what year was elvitrol it was uh late late 2008 late 2008 yeah 
Elvatrol right next right to the, when the right when the economy was booming. Right, right? when the economy <laughs> that was it. Open up Elvatrol. It was a fantastic, like really good Mexican. And he he comes from a long line of hospitality, um, you know, high end hospitality. Your cousin is one of the best uh, Mexican chefs in the country. Um, he is. There's well, there's actually two of them, and they're brothers. One of them is Richard, which is actually the one that's, uh, I guess, better known. Mm-hmm. You know, he has Richard Sandoval. Sandoval. Yeah, mm-hmm. He has currently, I think, 62, 63 restaurants. 63 restaurants. Yeah, privately owned as well. So. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then um, Patricio, right? And Patricio, yeah. Patricio's, uh, he's, he's, he's my mentor more than anything. Uh, Richard... Um, you know, he was busy, you know, opening up his... Opened up know, 34, 32, 39. Exactly, doing yeah. his empire. So the one that actually, you know, took me under his wing was Patricio. Um, and he's uh, actually uh, currently in Puerto Escondido, Mexico. Okay. He kind of got tired of not so much cooking, but, you know, the big restaurants and, and, and yeah. you know, that kind of scene. So he... He decided to go to Puerto Escondido. He he has like he's surfing twenty five foot waves on the, on the it, beach. Yeah, pretty much, man. <laughs> okay, and, uh, he has two, I'll take it. He has two small little restaurants. That story that you just told kind of mimics, you know, like your kind of evolution through food too. That voice that you just heard is Pablo Becker. Um, Pablo, I've been bugging for a long time because I just loved, I, I really loved your work. I loved Elvatrol. It was fantastic. Had to shut it down. Um, I believe we went to Chicago for a little little bit. Came back to San Diego and. You opened up a new little spot in Barrio Logan called Fish Guts. Now, I want to tell you guys all how much I have. People have been like, have you gone to Fish Guts? Have you been to Fish Guts? Do you know Pablo Becker? I'm like, yes, I know Pablo. I love him. We did a story when he opened. <laughs> all right, I'll get down there. You know, and I'm like, I got busy running a baby in a magazine. I'm, like, I'm, I'm going to make it down there soon. I swear to God. Anyways. Fish Guts. Shout out to Tommy, by the way. Shout out to Tommy Gomes. Fish Guts is, you know, a little um, fish taco and fish sandwich joint, you know, run by you and with a little help from your mom, I understand. Yeah, she does. She helps me in kind of the day-to-day operations. Uh, She recently retired, so. Okay. um, I was like, you know what, Mom? I think I'm going to need a... A little help. I like, yeah, <laughs> right. I think we all yeah. do that every five or six years. Absolutely. Hi, Mom. Well, who doesn't love free labor, right? So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Mom, don't send me a 1099, exactly. all right? <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So anyways, Fish Guts, the owner, operator, um, chef, cook, everything behind Fish Guts in Barrio Logan. Uh, you, These guys cooked at Delmar Wine and Food Festival. And I remember I, I, your mom yelled at me from across the grass, you know, and she goes, hey, Troy. I'm like, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I, I, I didn't know who it was at the time. Yeah. I just looked up and I saw this really angelic woman coming at me with a taco. And I'm like, yes, ma'am. What do you, what do you need? What, what I do? And she goes, I want you to try this. Come here. And she pulled me over, I think, by the ear. Um, and, <laughs> and she pulled me over to your stand. And you guys were making, you know, um, uh, kind of almost like like a stew that you were going to use as, as a sauce for your... Um, yeah, it's a, it's an emulsion, basically. So it's roasted garlic with uh, roasted uh, red onions uh, chipotle. So basically, what I do uh-huh. is I just buy the chipotle in uh, adobo. Yeah. And I just blend those up and you know add butter and do an emulsion, add a little and bit of lemon juice. And, delicious. Yeah. I loved it, and it was also my favorite restaurant name at Del Mar Wine and Food Fest. Oh, I appreciate that. That is Thank such you. an awesome name. It's like that and Wrench and Rodent are like the two best names yeah. there are. 
I, I know. For sure. So, so and here's, and it, we mentioned earlier a man named Tommy, Tommy Gomes. Uh, Tommy Gomes, everybody knows him now as the Fishmonger. He's now on TV. I think he's now. Not to be like, mistaken with uh, Tony Gomez, right? Tony, who is Tony Gomez? Well, he gets that a lot, man. A lot of people think his name is Tony, Tony Gomez. Gomez. He's like the he's like the Tony Hawk of uh, of Fishmongers because everybody's yeah. always mistaken Tony Hawk. Yeah. Like, you know, what you look like. <laughs> <laughs> like well, it's because you know the way he spells last name. You know, so a lot of people automatically think it's uh, it's you know Gomez, and it's right. So. Exactly. So yeah. Tommy's been a fifth generation fisherman in San Diego. He's one of the most passionate people about local sustainable seafood and how to do it right. And he has been bugging the hell out of me about your place because you are doing it right. I think that you use um, your, your goal is to use 90 percent local sustainable seafood in all of your, you know, it's a little shop, right? I it mean, is. And so to be able to buy like from local docks, from a local guy like Tommy and turn it into a fish sandwich, which I'm going to tell you about this fish sandwich that we're eating right now. Pablo brought in a fish sandwich. I'm not going to call it a filet fish but I want to. I want to because, and I only reason why I'm going to say that, because it's so far better. I mean, it's not even in the same universe as a filet fish but I have a soft spot in my heart for the filet fish It's so good. It's just a basic, basic sandwich. Yes, it's terrible, terrible food. I can't stand this word, but I want to call it an elevated I know, I know. I know. Here we go. I know. It's like no, no, using the word elevated. So, but you look at this sandwich. Here, here's what you got. I just want to describe this to you guys. You guys have, uh, and and Pablo, fill in the blanks as I'm doing this. All right. So you got a brioche bun. All right. There you go. You've already won. You know. And then you've got a local fish. What local fish are we using? Uh, It's bocaccio. Bocaccio. Which bocaccio is? It's a rockfish. Rockfish. Yeah. So basically, I mean, the the amount of different rockfish that they have at Tunaville, Tommy's place. Yeah. Um, it's just amazing. I mean, it, it just, to me, it kind of blows my mind that, and I think Edible Magazine wrote an argue about this. Um, you want to scratch that, I guess? Oh, no, you're all good. You're yeah, all yeah. Good. I love Edible. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry. <laughs> they, they, um, thank you, though. I appreciate that. Yeah. Edible Magazine, you guys should all check out. They do really good work in sustainability and farming and local food culture. Fantastic bank. Yeah, okay. so they, they did a study there. I guess only 14% of the local restaurants actually lose, you know, local fish. Mm-hmm. And that, when, you know, when I heard that, that kind of blew my mind because I was like, I mean, the, the ocean is right there. I know. I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's crazy. And, you know, it's just there's when you have people like Tommy that are actually make it easier for you. Yeah. Um, I just don't it just blows my mind for people not to take advantage of that, I know. especially well, restaurants. Well, know. it's mm-hmm. look, you can't just look into a catalog. You can't go onto a website, push click and, and, and buy it. I mean, actually, you kind of can now. Yeah. Uh, you know, lo- the local um, fishing economy has pretty much has made it a lot easier as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so you got to do a little bit more legwork, tiny bit more. Um, and it costs more usually than, than say. But like Tommy's always said. You know, you can put you you put shit in, you get shit out. Yeah. You know, like I mean, a lot of you know, a lot of the fish that you that you buy commercially, you know, and not to say all of it, but a good portion of it, a can be mislabeled. Um, you know, it'll it'll say it's from one country, but it's not. It'll say that it's line cut, that it's not. You know, I mean, there's a lot of processing that goes. We we import so much of our seafood in the United States, and a lot of it, some uh, a good portion is like from the Mekong River. You know, and, yeah. and and it's you know processed in with like chemicals and things like that, and then shipped over, and, and that's cheaper food. Or you can pay a little bit more, invest in local economy, and get it from a local fisherman, and put it in a sandwich like this, which you beer battered. I don't know if you beer battered this. I did. You beer did. Battered. Okay, that's I, I thought it was. Yeah. And you did. So it's this brioche bun, um, a local rockfish, beer battered and fried, and put it into a um, Mexican tartar sauce. Yeah, Mexican. What is a Mexican tartar sauce? So Mexican tartar sauce is just my interpretation of what. A tartar sauce is basically yeah. so I add you know epazote which is you know Mexican herb yeah. I add roasted uh, serrano peppers um, a little bit of lemon juice that's not really Mexican mm. but it's just like any cuisine you know you add some acidity to it <laughs> oh, I totally. guess 
Um, and that's basically it, man. Capers, shallots. Simple um, and delicious. Yeah, I mean, it's, quality ingredients. At the end of the day, it's mayo, so mayo is awesome. <laughs> you know, I do love mayo. So, yeah. At the end of the day, it's mayo, and mayo's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate basic, simple facts here, right? You know, get a local fish. I mean, again, there's such a difference. When you eat something like that, you can taste the difference yeah. in the fish. You know, it's just like, it, it's thick. It's thick, it's juicy, it's fresh. It's not, you know, the, the seafood that you kind of buy, either that, you know, was processed along the way, you know, and has, has come from a, a long way, usually is flat. You know what I mean? I mean, it kind of loses its integrity. It does. It loses its integrity along the way. It's just mealy. It's mushy like that. It's just firm. It's like a steak. 100%. You know? Yeah. I mean, that is a phenomenal... And it's got a little kick. How is that, David? I love it. I think it's great. Yeah, there's like a little bit of a kick in the uh, in the um, tartar sauce, and it's just like super well-balanced, and it's not elevated. It's just way more delicious. <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right. So to give me a little... Let's go back a little bit. Yeah. So your, your family, I mean, obviously you come from a very, very successful um, family of cooks. I mean, Patricio, um, Richard, you know, I mean, so was your family always, I mean, did you guys grow up in the, in the same neighborhoods or did, was it always like everybody at the table in the backyard cooking? I mean, I'm just imagining. Well, well growing up, I grew up, I was, I'm born and raised here in San Diego. Okay. Uh, the majority of my family comes from Mexico City. Mm-hmm. Um, so to me... Cooking with the family was really during Christmas times, yeah. and you know, and obviously my grandma was the one that took the helm on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and we would just, you know, it was, it was, you know, you would eat the ham, you would eat the bacalao, the romeritos, mm-hmm. you know, that type of Christmas eating that you know is, is kind of accustomed to, to to the Mexican culture. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you know, it would be days and days of cooking and preparing, and because it was always days and days. It was always the whole family. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, pretty much that's it, man. I mean, my, my mom, you know, obviously when I was younger, yeah, she, you know, she did some cooking. Um, when my sister and I became of age, you know, she decided to go back to school because she got married when she was, re- you know, relatively young. She was 18 years old. Okay. Um, in Mexico. And then, you know, when my parents came, uh, I think it was in 74, they came to San Diego because my, my dad's an investment banker. Okay. Um, so they came back in 74 and they always postponed. They oh, one more year, one more year. I wasn't uh-huh. born yet. My sister was. And they were just like, you know, we'll just wait until, you know, the, Sandra was my sister's name uh, until she, she learns how to speak English and they would okay. just keep on extending a year and then I was born in the 80s and they just kind of decided to stay um, so again so when my sister and I became of age my mom decided to go back to school um, and your mom became the Ted Turner of television of, of, of Spanish language television <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah. His, his mom's a badass. Yeah. Like she ran. What was she? The the um, program director for. Um, she was the news director for uh, for Univision. Univision. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, she did that for years. NBC or you know I don't I, I don't want to call it Fox. You know I mean? yeah. <laughs> it, it was like the NBC you know uh, of Spanish language television. It, it, it was a couple of, and another one she worked for too, right? Uh, Telemundo when it be, when it was uh, okay. well now it's owned by NBC. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. it is, but yeah when. Once, when it was when it here in San Diego, when they it was owned by uh, Entravision. Okay. Um, so she was a news director of Entravision, and those entities were Uni, uh, Univision and, and uh, Telemundo. So you got so. this family that's deep rooted from Mexico City based, yes. or like originally from. You're born in San Diego, raised in San Diego. I mean, what was 
What made you want to get into food? I mean, your dad's in banking. Your, your mom is, you know, in television, you know, and you're like, you know what? I'm going to become a cook. And that conversation, as I've talked to so many chefs, so, so many, you know, and, and hospitality people, you know, I know you're, you've kind of done it all. You've been an owner, you've eaten restaurateur, hospitality, you cook, you know, I mean, what made you have that conversation with them when they cried? Well, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> especially my dad. My mom kind of got it, you know, but my dad's like, what? You want to be what? And I'm like... <laughs> So the way it started was, um, um, you know, my grandmother passed away and, you know, obviously we all had the whole family had to fly over to Mexico City. And, you know, I ran into Richard. It was years that I, I haven't seen Richard because he was just busy, you know, opening up restaurants. He was yeah. living in New York at the time. So he was truly trying to build his empire um, together with Patricio and, and uh, Alfredo, which is another one of their brothers and, and, yeah. and Felipe. And they were just trying to really, you know, grow this this empire and kind of show the world what um, I don't want to call it high end Mexican, but just I different know. Mexican and, yeah. and and Mexican so, Mexican food done with the skill set of somebody who's trained in kitchens for years and years. That CIA Hyde Park sort of, you know, who's who worked their way up and learned yeah. every single well, secret. Yeah, he, skill. Well, he went to CIA, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so what, and back up a tiny bit. So Richard Sandoval again, a cousin, a cousin um, part of your family tree. What was the, what's the number the one restaurant that everybody would know? What what is his most famous restaurant? I think his first one, Maya. Maya. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's right. Okay. So, anyways, you have this really. You saw Richard when you when you were, came back and. Yeah, we came back. So you know we were we were you know my at my grandmother's funeral and then I was living in Vegas at the time. I'm sorry. Um, I was going. Yeah. Right. I was going to UNLV, <laughs> and uh, and he told me he's like, hey man, you know your your parents told me you're you're almost done with school. What are you gonna do? And I was like, you know what? I don't know, man. I might just you know work at a hotel for a little bit. You know, I think I was working at the Bellagio at the time making coffee. <laughs> um, so he's like, Hey, well, you know, we're actually opening up a restaurant in inside the treasure Island when the treasure Island was doing their whole, uh, revamp thing with TI making it kind of cool and mm-hmm. edgy and, you know, and it's their NKOTB phase. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, we're opening up a restaurant there. You know, have you ever worked at, at, at you know, at a restaurant before? I was like, well, never, man, I'm making coffee. He's like, well, why don't you do this? Um, next couple of months, show up to Denver, Denver. He, he has, he actually has a lot of restaurants in Denver. Okay. Um, he's like, show up in Denver and uh, we'll have a conversation, man. Maybe you can help us open up Vegas, you know? Mm-hmm. Obviously, Vegas was going to be kind of managed by, you know, well, back then was, I think, owned by the MGM Mirage Corporation. Yeah. So they're going to be managed, but we just have to kind of give them the know-how and, and yep. kind of those standards, right? So I went to Denver and basically, you know, I, I sat down and I sat down with Alfredo. I didn't sit down with Richard and he basically has me an application. He's like, fill out the application. I was like, fill an application. I was like, sure, okay. I mean, mm-hmm. I, yeah. I know the owner. You're my cousin. I know. You know? Right? Like, what's going on? But <laughs> Dude, I we fell- threw rocks together right? in the alley. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, um, fill out the application. Um, looks at the application, and you know, obviously, I, I worked at uh, when I was little. You know, I just you know, regular. Totally. You put you put the car yeah. wash down. Exactly. I worked at, worked at the golf club. Exactly. So, yeah. and and I was I was like, well, I work at the Bellagio at the coffee at the coffee shop, and. He's like, oh, so you don't have any experience? I was like, well, no. He's like, well, you're going to start as a dishwasher. So I started as a dishwasher and just basically started my moving moving my way up. You know, dishwasher, obviously, no one likes washing dishes. How humbling is a dish pit? I've worked in the dish pit. That is but- super humbling. Yeah. And, and you know what? The, the, the I don't know if it's funny, man, but, you know, I went in there. Um, that's something that was very clear with my cousins is like, you know what? No one can know that your family. Yeah. So, you know, 
dumb me, you know, my first experience, you know, in the in the wash pit, you know, the cooks just giving me hot pans, mm-hmm. not telling me hey hot or anything. So <laughs> I don't know, you know, I'm just like okay, you know, I know how to scrub dishes, mm-hmm. and I would grab pans, man, I would get yeah, you know, sear my hands off, and it was just. <laughs> So I started doing that, and I did that for like two months, and then I just basically started working every section of, of the restaurant. Yeah. But when I, once I landed on the kitchen, I instantly fell in love. Yeah. Um, so when Alfredo, because Alfredo back then was he was the director of operations for for Richard's restaurants. Mm-hmm. Richard again, he was, you know, he was starting to get you know noticed, so he would go on TV. Yep. And you know, travel the world and, and travel to see different projects to see if it aligned with what he was trying to do. So Alfredo was kind of the day-to-day director of operations for for uh, for his for Richard's restaurant group. Yeah. So I tell him I was like, "Hey, man, you know, well, I kind of worked every position, and you know, I think I find what I you know what I really have a passion for." He's like, "What cooking?" He's like, "No, we already have too many cooks. <laughs> <laughs> like, we have already He's too like, many." That's f- a terrible dream. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't ever have that dream again. <laughs> He's like, Investment banking yeah, for you, right? Yeah. Oh, when you see me do that, you're, you're totally fine. That means there's, that's a quote I'd like to pull or okay. a time quote. Yeah. So, um, so he's like, there's already too many cooks in the family. We need, uh, we need, uh, operators more uh-huh. than anything, like front of the house. Yeah. That's actually so. really good because you got to learn how to operate. If you're going to run, if you're going to want to be a chef, you want to be a cook. I mean, eventually you're going to have to learn that anyway. Yeah. You have to know the business. You got to know the front of the house. You got to know the, the operations. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So then from there, you know... Your dreams are dashed. You're, yeah, pretty you're, much. You're kicking rocks. Uh, yeah. And so I remember... I, so I still remember... Johnson Wales was, I guess, a culinary school that was around there. Yeah. So I called my dad. I was like, hey, dad, you know, is there any way you can kind of loan me, quote uh-huh. unquote, money to go to culinary school? He's yeah. like, for what? Culinary <laughs> school. He's like, what's that? And yeah. I was like... They have schools for that? Yeah. Didn't your grandma teach you enough? <laughs> they teach you how to cook. I was, he's like, no, you're, not, you're definitely going to spend not spend money on that. So... So anyway, fast forward, go back to Vegas, open up uh, Isla. That was the name of the restaurant. Uh, right off the bat, we won Best Mexican Restaurant in, in, in Nevada. Nice. Um, and I was there for, I would say, two, three years. And then all of a sudden... Were you the only restaurant, uh, Mexican restaurant in Nevada? No, actually... I'm, I'm totally kidding. Yeah. <laughs> actually, uh, Rick Bayless had his restaurant there, mm-hmm. Diego's, inside, uh, I think it was the Mandalay Bay. And you guys won. Nice we run. did. Yeah. All right. So, so you're having success. Okay. So I'm going to fast forward a little bit. Well, A... What do you love? You said you fell in love with the line. You said you fell in love with cooking. What What did you love? What do you love? I mean, what What about a restaurant kitchen? Because restaurant kitchens are very different than actually cooking at home. You're cooking at home. You got a bottle of wine. You You know, you got all the time in the world. You got a screaming kid at your leg. You know. You cook when you're at home. I don't cook when I'm home. <laughs> During the bad parts of the pandemic. Yeah. Oh well, man. Yeah. yeah. I was just cooking nonstop. Yeah. Right. Yeah. When I'm home, man, it's like it's so funny. I talked to um, William Bradley. You know, uh, he just got his third start, Addison. I'm like, what do you cook at home? He's like, I eat bitchin' sauce, man. Yeah. Like, that's all I eat is bitchin' sauce. I have, that's all I do, too. I basically followed the William Bradley diet and exactly. just like bitchin' sauce. <laughs> Anyways, um, but what do you love about actually restaurant cooking? Why, 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 do, you, why do you do it? Why, why do you keep on doing it? Well, it's... Well, first of all, that, that appreciation that you get when someone, you know, the kitchen and, and, and fish guts, it's open. You know, and yeah. I see directly into the. Granted, my restaurant's 500 square feet. Yeah. So it's like, not, you know, if you walk in, I'm going to see you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I kind of like seeing that people get that nod when they taste your food. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's, you know, it's. I mean, I don't know, man. It's kind of hard to explain. Yeah. Um, and it's just something. I don't know if I like. I don't, I don't know if I'm a masochist, man. But I like kind of like that high pace, kind of high energy, kind of mm-hmm. um, violent sometimes vibe <laughs> that you get in a kitchen. 
Um, so yeah. Yeah, that's, and, that's, and, and that's it. There's a certain amount of chaos, right? Yeah, it's you're, you're wrestling with chaos. It is like strapping onto the Black Stallion. I don't, I don't know how old you are. I'm a little bit older. It was a great movie in the 1970s and 80s, where this little kid was on an island. And he had to, you know, tame the Black Stallion, which is this badass horse. It's just kind of wild as shit. Um, anyways, it's like that every day. You have to, there's a certain amount of chaos that goes in the kitchen. You're taming it, you know, and you're wrestling with it and trying to get, you know, make sh- this unpredictable mass of people coming in or at different times and different floods, and you know, and you have to, you know, get it out in a certain amount of time with a certain amount of quality and that's chaos you can you you wrestle with chaos yep pretty much i think that's the the life of any uh of any chef or any restaurant owner i mean it's just because again you really have to love what we do in order for you to wake up every day Mm -hmm. on your days off yeah not see not being with family yeah um there's no birthdays no (laughs) christmases no 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 anything but the good the only good thing well this is not a good thing, but it, it's a it's a silver lining, you know, in in that cloud of, of being a, your own independent operator is that you do have a place where your kids can come on in, right? <laughs> you you have a kitchen, you got a kitchen, you got a spot. You're like, yeah, here's some coloring crayons for you know you with the kid and for grandma, you know, to see you, know, you guys hang out. Yeah, but family asks for modifications, man. Regular <laughs> customers don't. That's the problem. <laughs> Family. You are not getting extra tartar sauce. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Like, family are the great modifiers, you know. One hundred percent. That's it. All right. So you, I want to fast forward a little bit. So you open up El Vitrol, and anybody who's in San Diego has been in San Diego for you know 10, 15 years remembers El Vitrol. Most likely, if you're into food, because it, it was you know it was but before Bracero, um, before like a few other you know efforts at making. Again, what do you call it? High-end Mexican food. Whatever it is. You know, it's just just good damn food that's playing on a level of the juniper and ivies. Of the, you know, whatever it is. And it was really good. You're, one of your original chefs was... Norma. Norma. Oh, it was Norma. Wait, wasn't Priscilla Curiel there from Tuatano? She did, she did work there for a little bit. She worked okay. at the El Vitral and um, in uh, Otay Ranch. In Otay Ranch. Okay, yes. got it. Okay. Yeah. So Norma was your chef. What 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 was that experience like? I mean, I know. Again, I've been having this conversation for so long. You know, like let Mexican food, you know, like be on the same level as any other cuisine. You know, and for whatever reason, San Diego's would never show up for it. You know, because I don't. I think they're just like kind of pigeonholed it at a price point. You know, but what was it like when you realized that that didn't quite work? You know, I mean, how, what was that experience? I mean, I'm sorry to, to aim towards the sad. You know, but I mean, I was bummed. Yeah, as a fan. Well, we were all pretty much bummed. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, there were so many aspects too of that of, of why I think El Vitral didn't, didn't you know kind of work. You know, obviously, like I said, the economy wasn't really that's right uh, up to par. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> when we were you know negotiating the lease, I mean, everything was 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 amazing. So we had a you know very expensive lease. Um, the build out was crazy expensive. That was beautiful. Um, and and yeah, it just it, you know I was. You know, when I, when I went to culinary school in New York and and I was working for my cousin in New York and I would always hear, if you open up a restaurant in New York, yeah, you can make it anywhere. Yep. So granted, here comes a San Diego kid saying like, oh, yeah. I, I, I kind of, you know, uh, we, worked we, for, you know, I've, I've been in New York. You know, I lived there for three years, worked in kitchens there, you know, did everything that I needed to do. So. I had best Mexican restaurant in, in, in Nevada. You know? Yeah, exactly. So I was like, yeah, San Diego, why not? That's easy. Right, yeah, we're going we're gonna to slay yeah, this. If not, yeah, exactly. I mean, worst case scenario, I'll fill it with my friends, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, and no, man, that San Diego just, you know, chewed me up and spit me out, man. It was, yeah. it was crazy. 
Yeah, well, you got to have those experiences, though. And, I, and I'm sure that was rough. I mean, I'm sure it was, I mean, and we've all, I mean, I've been chewed up and spit out of, of many jobs as well. Yeah. You know, but the, you know, it's, you got to have that ass kicking, right? You got to have that, wow, okay. I've learned a lot, but obviously I'm not quite there, or that wasn't the quite right time, or it wasn't the quite, what am I going to do next? Yeah. You know, um, when Elvatrol closed, then you took off. I did. You went to Chicago. You I did. really, you really got deep into cooking, right? Yeah, so basically what it was is, when, you know, when we closed both of them, because I, I was just basically, I was going through some personal issues as well. Yeah. So I just, I really didn't want to be in a restaurant. Yeah. I, I don't even think I was in the right right state of mind, and, and it's just, you, you know, you can, some people, I mean, when they walk into a restaurant, they want to see someone, you know, the face to be happy, or, you know, sure. I, I just didn't want, you know, what, what I was going through kind of have the restaurant or, or the whole staff or even the customers kind of yeah, it's hospitality not hospice exactly <laughs> yeah exactly so i was like you know what i'm just gonna kind of hang out for a little bit and then all of a sudden i get a phone call it seems like i always get phone calls from my cousins i get a, <laughs> I get a phone call from uh, alfredo he's like hey man i just talked to your dad and you know you're going through a hard patch and i was like yeah he's like well why don't you come to chicago and i was like you know what not really interested. He's like, well, actually, no, man. Your dad bought a ticket. You're coming. To, you're coming. Yeah. Oh, man. You're coming to Chicago. And I was like, uh, all right. So, yeah. So. Uh, I love dad. Yeah. That's what dads do. Like, no. Yeah. Why, 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 let's make it sound like it's your own free will. Like, well, I'm going to pass on that. No, you're not going to no, pass yeah, on exactly. that. I just made like, your bet. Uh, yeah. He's like, you actually uh, have to pack, man, because you're leaving tomorrow to Chicago. <laughs> so I was like, uh, okay, so, so yeah, land in Chicago. Chicago's great, by the way. It's, yeah, it's I love an amazing it. love city. city. Um, and you know, I was just, I was only supposed to go for maybe like a month tops. Was just gonna kind of hang out, you know. Patricia was there at the time, and you know, we were just hanging out, you know, cousins, kind of trying to get to know each other, and. You know, they told me, it's like, hey, man, whenever you're hungry and we're kind of busy and whatever, you know, just, you know, peek into the kitchen and, and, and you know, just tell one of the cooks that you're hungry and they'll make you something. So started kind of, you know, getting very acquainted with the cooks and stuff like that and kind of being friends. And, you know, I wasn't seen as like the like the, the cousin of the owner, you know, they, like was, right. I was like one of them and I wasn't even working there. I was just saying like, hey, man, can you guys give me some tacos? Or, mm -hmm. me... So, you know. A month passes by and I was, you know, I told my cousin, I was like, hey man, I actually, uh, you know, I actually think I want to work, man. He's I like, just want to cook. Yeah. I just, and he's like, cool, man. Like, well, we have a, you know, a couple of restaurants that are going to open pretty time soon. And he's like, sure. You want to help us with that? And I was like, you know what? No, man, I just want to be a line cook. And he's like, you want to be a what? I was like, yeah, I just want to be a line cook. Yeah, dude, you, you helped open, Richard open up, you know, and yeah. the other ones opened so up some of the like, best yeah, restaurants. Yeah, they, they were blown away. They were like, really? He's like, well, you know, he's like, all right. So he called the, the executive chef, Aldo, shout out to Aldo. Um, <laughs> and he was like, he's like, wait, so your cousin told me you want to be a line cook? I was like, yeah, yeah. man. I mean, if you have a space, he's like, yeah, man. Oh, I, sure know that. That? I know that feeling. Oh, yeah. And I was just thrown in there. Now, granted, th this restaurant, um, you know, they were doing 700 covers, you know, so when I first. Oh, did, you got your ass kicked. Oh, well. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like, oh, welcome. Welcome back. Welcome back, man. <laughs> right? Exactly. So you go back so, to back to boot camp. Back to boot camp. And, you know, it was it was the best time I ever had. You know, I kept on, you know, kind of like how my parents came to San Diego and they kept on extending a year, year. Yeah. That's basically what I, what, what happened to me in Chicago. Mm -hmm. And I actually made up my mind, man. I was like, you know what? I'm not going back to San Diego. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to live, you know, visit my friends, you know, my family, but sh sh uh, Chicago was good to me, man. It, it really was. I, th I think it kind of saved, uh, 
you know, it didn't save my life. And I'm, I'm, I wasn't suicidal or anything like that, but it well, kind of... But we all get dark. We all yeah. get good. Everybody goes through that patch, man, yeah. where you're just 100%. lost and you're sad. You're, you don't know where to go. Yeah. And you found that, you kind of found that uh, rudder in, in the kitchen. I again. did, man. And I was happy and, you know, surrounded by friends. My cousins were there. It was, yeah. it was... It was uh, it was a very good time for me, man. So that's awesome. So I mean, the kitchen really brought you back. It did. Yeah, it gave you focus. You, you it gave you community, it and, did. and that's what I mean, that's what a lot of chefs say too, right? Is that it's that community, like being in a band. Yep. You know, I have a band. There's a lot of egos involved in that one. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> not in mine. Not, not yeah. in mine. You're, yeah, your band members seem really nice, um, except you know, me. But but it's it's like a family, right? And you're all going through chaos, and you you, you put your head down, you show up for each other every single morning, you know, and you, and you you work on the line together, and you get something done, you work on a project together, and everybody has an integral part that they got to get done, they got to get, get each other's back. So I, I can totally see how that would be a centering, you know. And I think that's what a lot of chefs say too, is that, you know, the kitchens, and I don't want to play into the stereotype too much, you know, but it's true. I mean, the kitchens are still a lot of outcasts, you know, are a lot of people that a are having a moment in life like that, you know, or they have lost their way completely, you know, or they're like, I don't want to go, be, I don't want to be out in society. I want to be in the back of a house with a bunch of guys who have a little bit of an edge about them, you know, not just guys, but the, it's, it's that kind of, um, you find your place in, in, in for people who, you know, either for, for one moment or for a lifetime are struggling to find a place. It seems to me that that narrative comes up over and over and over. It's the kitchen helped me find my place, especially in a restaurant. Well, I mean, you figure 95% of, of the kitchens are, are Mexican or, or, you know, Latin. It, you think it's that high? I think so, man. But yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. So they all kind of have the same story, man. You know, they, they, you know, they're undocumented and, you know, they come in here and they're, you know, looking for jobs. And right. they, they, they kind of all have the same story. They have the same struggle. So then, you know? to be clear, I was not saying that you know Mexican um, first generations have lost their way. But I mean, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> for me, I, I was thinking more about the, the friends you know that I, I I've dealt with that were in the kitchen. You know, I mean, they just kind of yeah. you know. But you're but you're right. It's it's a migrant's journey or it's a first gen journey too. A 100%. lot of times, right? I mean, you're just starting off an entirely new life, which is terrifying and challenging and and everything else. And you, you really bond back there. Yeah, you do. One hundred. Yeah. I mean, I've that that's. Those five years to me, I learned about Mexico things that I've, you know, you don't see as a tourist, you know, because you have a lot of people from Puebla. You know, I worked, I mean, the food runners from Puebla, Aldo, Chef Aldo was from Puebla. You know, I worked with, there was the, the sushi. place of mole. Yeah, the sous yeah. chef was from Veracruz. Um, mm -hmm. You know, so it was, there's like so many people from different parts of Mexico and, you know, family meal, you know, family meal was always different. And, I just learned so much, man. That, that's why, to me, like those five years, like were the best. Dude, the I best. love that. Like you understood your family, you understood your own culture. Yeah, better. One hundred percent. You'd already you cut your family's from Mexico City. You know, you you come to the United States, you open up some some amazing Mexican restaurants. You know, and then you, you really <laughs> learn more about your your own community, your own culture, your own roots when you just you. Go through a rough patch, yeah. find yourself as a line cook with a bunch of Mexican guys. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right. So you, so you do that. You come back to San Diego. Um, how, do, how do I play into your story? So that, that's why I'm in San Diego, actually. <laughs> oh, to really? Troy. Shout out to Troy. San Diego Magazine. <laughs> Look, I, I'm, I'm just trying to do good for the city. And bringing Pablo Becker back to San Diego was one of my, my honestly, besides marrying my wife and having a baby, is probably <laughs> the best thing I've done. So, so basically, um, I was working, I think it was a I think, uh, one of the chefs was actually on vacation. So I was, wor I was working the lunch shift and one of my friends calls me and says like, Hey, 
do you listen to Troy Johnson's podcast? I was like, <laughs> at David Martin's yeah. podcast, yeah. Yeah. by the way. He did, look, he did look at David. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, sometimes I do. Why, what's going on? I was like, well, you know what? They're, they have someone on their, on their podcast that says, um, and he's like, shoot, man, I'll just send you the link. And he, you know, because the guy's mentioning your cousin. I was like, he's mentioning my cousin. I was like, all right, cool. Mm-hmm. Sends me the link. Um, so after my shift, I get on the train. I was like, oh, I'm going to listen to the podcast. And, um, you know, there's, I don't know if it was, I think, I don't know if it was the chef or the owner, whatever it is. But basically, long Some story short. San Diego. Yeah, someone started basically, it sounded to me that like they were going to be the savior of the taco. Uh-huh. And I was like, wow, <laughs> they're going to be the savior of the taco, right? They said they went to Rick Bayless's restaurants. To, to me, honestly, Rick Bayless, my hat's off to him. Yeah. I think for uh, for a non-Mexican chef for sure. to do what he does is amazing, yeah. Yeah. Uh, honestly. Yeah. Um, so he's like, yeah, we went to uh, uh, Rick Bayless's restaurant. We went to Richard Sandoval's restaurant, and we just didn't find any decent tacos in the, oh. U- in the U.S. Ooh. So to me, I was like, okay, well, I, I, I know... I mean, I'm not going to badmouth my cousin, but yeah, he, his strong suit is not tacos. <laughs> right. But he does have 62 restaurants. Yeah. Same thing with Rick he's done, Bayless. He's done okay. Right? Yeah. yeah. Same thing with Rick Bayless. Yeah. Um, so I was like, wow, that's that's uh, that's kind of that's kind of funny. It's a bold statement. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Right. Yeah. Look, so, Taco Jesus is here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Especially, and I'm not, not not trying to disrespect anyone that's a non sure. a non Mexican uh, chef trying to do Mexican food, but right. to me, it's you know. Uh, Mexican cuisine is is there's a lot of culture in it. There's a lot of roots. Um, it's something that you really need to do your research on. It's yeah, nothing you can yeah. half-ass it. Yeah. Just because you worked at you know Puesto for two years, or and you or you went or you did you know go do the pop-up at um, at Noma, Noma in Tulum. Yeah. Doesn't mean you know how to cook Mexican, man. You yeah. Know, I I've been doing it for twenty years, but better yet, I'm Mexican. Mm-hmm. And I don't know everything about Mexican food. Yeah. I've, you know, I don't, I don't even think I've scratched. There's a couple guys know, in surface. Chicago that showed you that showed you the way. Exactly. Yeah. So, so you know, I, roughly enough, you know, two weeks later, I was I had a flight here to San Diego to visit my family. So, I get here, and my dad picks me up. I was like, Dad. And he's like, Where do you want to go? Usually, it's either fish market because I love the fish market. It's just one of those things. You know, I grew up. You know, going when he's I was going a little kid. Your kid. I used to go to Target yeah. house with my mom. And or, dad. or Lou yeah. and Mickey's. You know, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. <laughs> so he's like, oh, so you want to go to the fish market? I was like, no, I want you to take me to this place. He's like, what? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I want you to take me to this spot. He's mm-hmm. like, okay. So we went, and you know, it, it, and you were like, Taco Jesus is falling a little short, right? I'm gonna get in on the taco <laughs> game. Yeah, that's pretty much in a nutshell. And that's it. Yeah. Okay, so so we So thank you, Troy. So well, I just, <laughs> look, this is one of the biggest honors that I've had in my life. I'm like, I'm, I great. will take I will take any I and all credit story. for everything. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm just I'm a whore like that. Um, <laughs> but the uh, I I this I love this so much because again, Tommy Gomes has been, you know, he's like the, your restaurant is the best restaurant that he's ever been to and it's a, it's a, the greatest little fish shop in the world. I, I have like 400 texts on my on my phone right now. That, I, I mean, that that means a lot, man. That that humbles me a lot cuz, you know, especially coming from someone like Tommy that has the experience he has dealing with so many chefs. Yeah. Um, I know. He, just, knows, he knows his shit. Yeah. You know, and, and so fish guts. Okay. We're going to get into the name. We're going to get a couple questions. We're kind of, kind of up to the modern now. I, I just, I, I, I do love this. Like you grew up here. 
you know, yeah. it, you, you came back home to open up something really cool in the barrio. Um, the but you you really gave it an effort. You, amazing pedigree, you know, some, some of the best you know family and Mexican chefs in the country, in the world. And then open up high end Mexican. Try to break that barrier for us. You know, lose your way a little bit. Go find yourself in a, as a line cook. You know, like take yourself like three <laughs> ru- three rungs down, but like twenty steps up. Yeah. You know, in terms of personally, you know, and then you come back here and open up a like you know humble little like fish joint called fish guts in the in the barrio and it seems to me looking at you right now that this is kind of the path that you i mean that you're stoked yeah man i'm, I'm happy man the the you know the barrio is amazing man the, the, i know why the why the barrio i mean well because i mean that kind of it's i mean why not bro like barrio barrio yeah. logan is amazing man it has culture um you know it has great restaurants mm-hmm, great people mm-hmm. Um, awesome art, just culture, man. In general, yeah, yeah. you know, it's it's and it's it's not fake. It's not trying to be something that it's not. You know, it's just this is what we are, and this is what's you know different. It's and it's kind of you know because it's it's one of those things where you know as as a Mexican American or a Chicano, quote unquote, it's like you're not really accepted by the Mexican like full on Mexican <laughs> community. You're, you're in between the worlds, or exactly. And then yeah. you're really not you know full American, bro. You're like you know oh like, like you're in the middle. So they they kind of they 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 kind of did their own thing, you know, to kind of have their you know their group of of, of I guess friends, man, and, and yeah. family, and, and to kind of they're like know, cultural watch, tweeners. Yeah, to kind of watch yeah. your 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 back, and it, it's awesome, man. It's awesome. I mean, shout out to everyone in, in Barrio. Um, yeah, well, dude, and, just, you know, you know what I love about Barrio Logan too is that you know it, it's something beautiful out of you know. Not adversity, but when they put a freeway right through your through your neighborhood, yeah, exactly. that's adversity. You know, I mean, they put that five freeway went right through. And then you they know? put a bridge over you. And then they yeah. put a bridge over you. And you know what they did? They painted on it. Yeah. They created a world-class mural gallery, open air, where you can take a fish sandwich. You take a Hayes burger. Yeah. You know, you go down there and you eat and you listen to some music. You look at the lowriders. You know, you see, like, you just get to see the culture. It's a vibrant, vibrant scene. It is. You know, and, you know, I, especially, I guess when it always... I, the, my favorite communities are the ones that were not supposed to work. You build a freeway through a community that's not supposed to work. No, you're supposed to. You know, to you, you, you've been you got to, kind of been written off. Yeah. You know, I mean, look, the, the city has to grow, and they did that through Little Italy too. They did it, did it to everybody, but yeah. still, you're kind of been written off. And then you flourish, you know, and then you create something in that like you know space that you get pushed into. Like that's just that always has the most life. You know, it it always, and that, that's the kind of life that I prefer. I don't prefer pre-planned communities that are beautiful. You know, I, I, I prefer when people made beauty out of adversity. And I guess that's why I love Barrio, too. Yeah, Barrio's, uh, it's amazing, man. It's just, yeah, it's just, and, you know, everyone watching, you know, watching each other's back. And it's just, it's, it's I mean, I don't know why, you know, it's just, I, I, I get it. You know, I know, you know, Barrio back in, you know, late 70s, early 80s was you know rough sure but i mean what neighborhood isn't rough you know yeah, every neighborhood kind of has its own little you know story behind it for sure um you know but yeah man i mean if i i, I do encourage people to come out more to barrio for sure oh my god and um, it's it's growing well not only that we have the art crawls too that they do that's you yeah. know local artists as well yeah um they when, have when is that you know i think they do it i think once a month on f- on on Sundays or Saturdays? Okay, got yeah, it. Yeah, they're they're kind of trying to figure it out when's the best day because they also they're also doing uh like a flea market too also on Sundays. Okay, uh, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, if you guys and haven't been down to the barrio recently, you definitely got to go because I mean it's 
I, I mean, I went down there. I was hung, hanging out with Ernie from Salud. You know, shout outs to Ernie. Or Ernie yeah. and Vinny from Salud. <laughs> yeah. yeah, a lot of shout outs this episode. I like exactly, it. hey, man, it's I, a shout out. Shout outs. I like, I like giving shout outs, man. The, yeah. um, uh, but you know, I was just sitting on the corner, man. I mean, and there was like eight low riders that came by and you know with the hydraulics and everything else there's the guys on there like those really killer bikes you know and I, I think a couple of low rider bikes it was just a scene it was just like i mean it, everything had a, like a pageantry about it yeah you know and it was just i'm like this is awesome it just feels like an everyday kind of you know festival or or like you know you know gathering you know it felt, felt like a party you know it was like a tuesday yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, right on. Exactly. Nice. All right. And why fish guts? David started with this. Why? What the hell are you doing naming your very nice restaurant, which your mother is somewhat associated with, <laughs> something like fish guts, Pablo? Well, basically, the way it was is uh, after I kind of located where I wanted to be, what the space was, uh, one of my uh, buddies and I, you know, we're, we're I think we we're going to go grab something to eat or something. But, you know, he's like, so, you know, what, what are you going to name this place? I was like, you know what? kind of want to name it this and he's like no you shouldn't name it that man that's kind of whack dude don't name that and i was like well how about this he's like no that's like too mexican man you're gonna <laughs> fall under the bracket of like <laughs> robertos and you know nothing wrong with that though but you know it's he's like dude is that i mean if that's what you're going for cool man you know so you know it started kind of getting into like a heated conversation you know yeah. So he just looks at me. He's like, you know what, bro? You can you can name it Fish Guts for all I care. Like, I'm I'm done with this conversation. <laughs> no. Way. Yeah. And, you're and like, I was like, wait, what? And he's like, it. yeah, name it Fish Guts, bro. I don't care. Like, I don't care anymore. I'm done with this conversation. All, you would totally sink your entire operation if you did that. But whatever, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm done with you. Exactly. And I was like, you know what? And I just kept on repeating. And I was like, D- I I think that's the name, dude. I, I love that name. It's amazing. To your point earlier, David. The I, shout out I, to Guillermo, by the way. Guillermo, yeah, way to go. Friend. Another yeah. shout out. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> fish guts. You were done with the conversation. You launched an empire of fish sandwich shops, my friend. Yeah. Uh, He's going to collect now, right? He's yeah. going to be like, where's my royalties, man? Dude, that's, I gave you the idea. That's, I mean, this and Rinch and Roden are one of my, two of my favorite um, restaurant names in San Diego. Rinch and Roden. You have a rat's name in your in your sushi restaurant? Yeah. You know what I'm that's like? Awesome. That's balls. Yeah. And I, where I come from, I, you know, I came for a long time ago. I mean, I was 25 years ago. I'm just a dad that wears Dockers now. But, you know, <laughs> I came from the punk rock scene, right? I mean, it could be worse, man. I could wear Kirkland shoes, right? Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, I got some at home. Yeah. <laughs> the, um, but those are two. That's, that's the kind of name that you would give a punk rock band. You know? I love and, it. And I love Fish Guts. All right. So Fish Guts, Barrio. We, I love this fish, fish sandwich. What else are we going to find on the menu? Exactly. So basically, well, I mean, we're... we're He's f- all, I'm making it up as I go. Yeah, man. exactly. Well, I mean, the fish sandwich was just one of those things where... Um, you know, the demographic for lunch is a little different. You have more of the shipping yard guys, yep. more military guys. Um, so they're, they're kind of looking for a quick bite, you know. So, you know, the, the, unfortunately, the, the you know, fish, you can't – it's not something you can pre-cook, obviously. You just, yeah. It's something you have to cook. A la, la minute. A la minute. You just have to. Yeah. So, uh, to, you know, so in the very beginning, I was kind of struggling with times and stuff like that. And so I was like, you know what, I'm just going to focus the tacos for dinner. Yep. Um, and just Wednesday, Thursday, Fridays from 11 to 4 because I close Mondays and Tuesdays. Good man. I'm just going to do the fish sandwich. Yeah. And, and, and that's pretty much it. But we're, m- wow, we're, known, for, awesome. we're more known for the, for the tacos, obviously. Yeah. Um, again, you know, part of the concept of, of fish guts is to use local, sustainable uh, as much as we can. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to produce and uh, fish. Yep. And um, that's pretty much in a nutshell, man. We, you know, we have uh, handmade tortillas. Um, everything is made from scratch. Um, Are you making you you press a masa? We actually buy the the nixtamal. 
next time on. So we yeah. buy it. We buy it at uh, Gabriel's Tortilleria. That's where we buy the masa. But we still okay. kind of, kind of modify it a little bit. Sure. Um, just to kind of you know give it our own own, own little tweak. Yep. Um, but yeah, we press it. We do all that. Y- um, yeah, you get your yeah. own next time. Uh, next time all. Yeah. A- and I mean, I just again, you haven't been to my restaurant, man. But it's 500 square feet. Like, uh, you, it's. It's people are surprised when when you walk in and there's a boat hanging from the ceiling. It's like, how do you fit that in there? So there, there's a lot of things that it's like, wow, man, how do you cook in that? This is I basically have like a 32 inch plancha and then just like a small little fryer, man. And I I'm, love this. And I'm just <laughs> pumping out. You Dude, know. This is you in Chicago as a line cook. You just <laughs> got that. Much, egg, you know man. what I mean? Yeah. And you just built a whole restaurant out of that experience. Yeah. All right. So everybody, you got to go down to Fish Guts and Barrio. I got to go down to Fish Guts and Barrio. The yeah. reason why you're here, A, is because I know your story and I've always, I, I've loved what you've done. Um, but also because your mom flagged me down and served yeah, me that talk. sorry about that, man. That ta- are you kidding me? It was the best taco I had. Yeah. She told me, she's like, there's Troy. I was like, yeah, mom, leave him alone. No, oh, hold on. <laughs> back because i know her already i mean obviously it's my mom so i was like she there's troy and there's like customers waiting to get tacos she tells my girlfriend you know just give the the customer their tacos i'll be right back and i'm like mom no and i'm like kind of yelling at her mom no and by then it was too late man she reached you and you don't you don't tell mom no no one tells mama no all right all right so fish guts barrio go down get yourself a fish sandwich that is delicious and and again delicious local i mean i I know it's harder i know it's more expensive you know i know all all the things you know but it's worth it it is absolutely worth it 100 percent. and it's like i said everyone everyone i mean a couple years ago everyone was chanting made in america Mm -hmm. um but when it's down to like all right now it's time to cough it up you know that's when people are not willing to you know and that's and that's what i always say like i mean look good food is uh, good food is not cheap you know what i mean I, richard nixon in the 1970s i always i always talk about this you know with the farm bill his basic basic thing was go big or get out yeah. you know and that was one of the worst things that i mean it, i understand why he did it needed to feed 300 million americans but what he did in commercializing and making you know farms into factories he killed it, our country he killed our country and we and we killed the quality of the food yeah. Yeah. right i mean 50% less nutrients anywhere between 3 and 50% less nutrients we're seeing in all of our fruits and vegetables now you know the soil health is obviously terrible well, you know producing dead zones in the gulf of mexico that's the biggest in the world i think all the all this kinds of stuff you know and the problem is is that we train people that that food is cheap you know it's really inexpensive no a facsimile of what real food is you know that kind of has some bad chemicals in it that was picked unripe and argon gassed on a train from um florida that's going to make it to san diego <laughs> you know you're that's not a tomato yeah. all right that 100%. is that's like yeah. that shares like one tenth of a gene with a tomato yeah you but, know I mean, but you can't you can't also blame you know uh, you, you you have to blame the restaurants too man because yeah at the end of the day it's like you're following the same trend everyone else is right i mean that's something why you know fish guts is something completely different than than and i got this when i first opened they're like mm-hmm. oh so you're gonna have aguachiles tostadas and i was like no i'm not and they're like yeah. well, what do you mean i was like well i'm not i'm actually doing First of all, this is something that's me personally. Yep. I'm, I'm not following, you know, what everyone else is doing. Exactly. So it's, it's something completely different. You know, when you follow the same trend, and, and like that's what I see currently also with, you know, the taco shops that are opening. Like everyone has carnazada, everyone has al pastor, mm-hmm. everyone has this, and it's like you're following the same trend. Now, you're now not really. I mean, I, I can get beady at Starbucks now. I one, think. Exactly. You know? Right. Yeah. One hundred percent. So it's like, like it's like, come on, guys. Like as, as chefs, restaurant owners, you you have to. And I get it. At the end of the day, it's a business. Sure. I get it. Sure. But at least be, you know, 
somewhat creative. Yeah, right. In, in some aspects. And I can't think of a tiny little shop that's 500 square feet in, in, in you know, serving fish sandwiches, man. Yeah. You know, and I, I love that. And again, this is basically, think of all that. I mean, it, fish sandwiches obviously have a warm place in the American heart because when the filet of fish was, we, <laughs> when all we ate was, and I'm sorry to bring this back to this. I apologize no, because you good. make amazing good food. Um, but you, you know when you, that thing came out and you're like, holy crap, that's good. And you're thinking to yourself, you're like, this is disgusting. I can't believe I'm getting like, fish from McDonald's. Yeah. This is a, and then you eat it and you're like, oh God. Completely square too. It, completely. <laughs> perfectly <laughs> square. Perfectly square. Yeah. But imagine taking that concept that emotion, that feeling that you got from that, you're like, oh my God, I really, really like yeah. this. And <laughs> using all local good ingredients and putting in a Mexican tartar sauce and having brioche bun and having it handed to you by this guy who has like two feet of square space to work in. There's this boat hanging over his head. His mom's in the corner being like, get Troy a taco. <laughs> you know? uh, anyways, that's it. That's Fish Guts. That's why you are here. Congratulations on opening spot. Well, I Welcome back to San Diego now for a little while. Um, I'm glad you returned, sir. Thank you. Likewise, likewise. All right. Okay. Two people, 50, uh, two people, 50 bucks. Two people, 50 bucks, brother. Yeah. <laughs> Who wants to kick it off? I just want to talk about the sandwich. Okay. Okay. No, no. no go ahead. As, as our guest, two people, 50 bucks. Where do you go to eat? The, where, where would you recommend? As in? Any place you want to get. Like, where do you go? Like, where do, where's your What's go, your regular go spot? We, we've heard uh, Fish Market. Um, you know, we've, we've, we've heard. That's the, when the, I was the, little. Okay. Got I, I mean, I was there last month. I like it. You know, yeah. it's just the view. You can't beat the view. You can't beat the view. Um, no, no, no. I mean, I have favorites. Um, sushi. I like uh, SoCal Sushi. Mm-hmm. Um, that's from uh, my good buddy, uh, um, Goody. Okay. Shout um, out to Goody. Yeah. Shout out to Goody. Thank well, you. Yeah. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, for steak, man, I like, I love Cowboy Star, man. Yeah, Cowboy Star is great. Of the best. Yeah. Chef Victor is one of my favorite human beings. Yeah, he is. He's a good guy. Yeah. Is I, Garth still there? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Garth is a bartender. I don't I mean, know. Garth, I, I, Garth I met, if you're still out there, I love you. I met Chef Victor like in the uh, El Vitral days. That's when I met him. <laughs> At the what? El Vitral days. Oh, yeah. That's when I met him. Okay. So, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah it, so. it, Cowboy Star is is absolutely phenomenal. They got a great private um, dining room in there too. Like if you ever do like a group and you want to, yeah. you know, uh, you, if you have more money than I do, um, you want to take out, like, that many people for steak. But yeah. it, but it is really really good. Okay, mine I'm gonna go for, and I don't think I, I don't think I mentioned this one. Um, maybe I did. No, I didn't. I don't know. Um, Leah's Lumpia. No, I have not. You have not done that one. Have you had Leah's? Yeah. Shout out to Spencer. Yeah, Spencer, man. And his mom. And his mom. Okay, so Leah's Lumpia, uh, which opened up their first brick and mortar in uh, Barrio Logan as well. Yeah. Um, You know, Spencer did a, he cooked at Seersucker. Um, he cooked at a few other different places, you know, and learn learn the ropes, um, you know, and able, able to make sauces, some really good sauces that go with um, lumpia. You know, obviously it's basically a Filipino egg roll. You know, I mean, that's that's really oversimplifying it, but but whatever. It's yeah. it, you know, it's your 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 fried flute. Yeah, know? he does a good job, man. Yeah, and it's really like she hand rolls them. Yeah, the mom. They were on the great food truck race. Yeah, they um her his mom is one of the most alive human beings I've ever met in my entire life. She is her one woman Broadway show. And she's just back there rolling fresh lumpia <laughs> yeah. all, all night long. Nice. And she's indefatigable. This woman is awesome. She's like... Yeah. 
and it just and it's super flaky and the seasoning in that uh, in in the meat inside of it I don't even know actually what I had but whatever it was um, was phenomenal it was so good and Spencer because he, he cooked in some of the um, some pretty good restaurants he knows how to make the sauces so the sauces yeah. are way better than you would usually get with like you know um, no offense to you know my Filipino friends who I you know go to the um, uh, like the um, park parties you mm-hmm. know where we'd always have like trays and trays of uh, Olympia, Olympia you know um, his sauces beat the crap out of my friend's mom's sauces I, I just gotta say that yeah you know so anyways <laughs> nice. Leah's Lumpia great mother son operation really good Lumpia go down there they got also in Barrio also in Barrio yeah. Logan yeah I know and I think they're expanding to I think they got something else that they're gonna do with that space um, but two really like, good people like I, I like when you actually like the people that cook the food yeah, they're too solid. you know and then really really good food definitely so um I finally went to Taco Tarion, which is on Adams and 30th in Vegetarian, North Vegetarian? Vegan? It's vegan, yes. Mm-hmm. And it's a taco place as well. And you were talking about how, um, Pablo, you were talking about how, like, really to cook Mexican food, it's not something that you can just do from working, like, a pop-up or, you know, being at Puesto. Mm-hmm. So uh, <laughs> I, I grew up in Vermont on a dirt road that didn't have cable television, and there was not Mexican food for miles. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I love taco night, and our taco night was like, you'd get that like old El Paso taco kit with the ground hamburger, and then like the shredded lettuce, the tomato, and then just basically like whatever taco sauce like the random grocery store had that, you know, was made in New York. Taste Picani? Yes, exactly. Something like that. (laughs) Well, and I love that, and that that has like this weird like home warming feel for me. But so at Taco Terry, and they have a taco called the gabacho. Uh And so basically it is that taco to a T only it's with like seasoned uh, beyond beef, but it's got everything. It's got the lettuce, the tomatoes, and a little bit of that ground shredded cheddar. But then, and I loved it and it was really good and uh, had a cocktail. That that is a classic grade school taco. It is. And it will always hold a special place in my heart. Especially for Vermont. But so then there was another thing there and I did not eat this. My buddy, my buddy did. And he's kind of into those like uh, food challenge things like you know like being like I wasn't gonna eat something this big and nice. then I get my shirt or whatnot <laughs> they have something on there called the giant taco it's not a food eating competition but so I'm just gonna show you a picture my taco is the one on the left his is the one on the right Jesus <laughs> it's this thing is literally it's this, the size of the tray it's it's the tray it's the size of a football yeah this thing was insane um can I see that again yeah look at the size of his taco that's hard shell, man. That's like a hard tag. Yeah. Oh my I gosh. Know, I know. Right? And he ate, he ate the whole dang thing. But so you can wow. pick whatever you want for like kind of like your fake meat. Is in he there. okay? He is actually. Okay. He is. He yeah. made it. He survived. Okay. Like I was All like, right. I dared him to eat another one. But He's like, like, I mean, no. just the, like the, the, the mental thing that, that you, know, you have to have to be able to order I'll, the taco. I'll show you a photo of him after, like when he started it, <laughs> when he finished it, because I had to take it both. And he has like the certain look of joy on him. <laughs> but <laughs> right, yeah. I'm like, that I'm just look, like that look that you had made, made yeah. you actually go into restaurants, man. It made you actually put up with all that shit. Yeah. Totally. But so it's, it's got like beans in it. And so I got all sorts of stuff. It's just basically the whole kitchen, like everything in the kitchen, and all in this one taco. Is, is it vegan, the restaurant? Yeah, it's yeah. totally oh, vegan too. Totally. And uh, their sauces are all really good. And uh, cocktails, it's like they don't, this is like a pet peeve of mine of places that have like a liquor license and then don't let people know about it. Like they have a liquor license and they do actually some pretty good cocktails and like you wouldn't know it because like the liquor is like hidden like in a small corner in the back. But um, hmm. yeah, I'd say go try the uh, Old El Paso taco, as I'll call it, or the uh, the giant taco. Go try the giant taco. All right, everybody. <laughs> um, Pablo Becker, thank you so much for coming in here, brother. Thank um, you. I always enjoy talking to you. Um, Where I, can everyone find you on social media and websites yeah. and all that jazz? So f- social media, that's actually a good question. I think it's fishguts underscore SD. Cool. Oh, you're an underscore guy. 
Yeah, I'm, I, I come from a long line of underscores. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's because Fish Guts SD, I think, was already taken. So okay, all right. Probably taken by the guy that recommended the name. Probably. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. I'm gonna ask him next time I see him. <laughs> Fish Guts underscore SD on Instagram. I'm uh, Hey Troy Johnson on Instagram. I'm David Eli Martin, and you can find San Diego Magazine at San Diego Mag, and. and- we're back. We're back. We're back. We missed y'all. I'm, I am booking a guest. Thank you guys so much again. I know I say this every couple of months when we go on like a month <laughs> it's long. Like I'm really thing. back forever. I'm now. really back forever. Never going anywhere but again. This time, thank you guys so much for everybody that showed up for the Dumber Wine and Food Festival, Pablo. Um, thank I you mean, for the invite. Dude, it was it, it was such a great like cool magical time. We didn't know if it was going to be a total flop. I thought it was going to be the Fire Festival West. To be quite honest with you, but you don't know <laughs> without you, the tents. Though, right? You don't know without the tents. Yeah. Exactly. I thought it was going to be like you were going to be serving like a bologna sandwich on Wonder Bread. You know. <laughs> <laughs> like it was it was honestly it was phenomenal it was one it. of the best events that I, I it was way better and, and I, i'm not saying this because i threw it because it was mostly the operations people i, I agree the place. with you 100 man it was it was a, it was oh. a quality event it was so fun you guys got to come next year but thank you so much for putting up with all the work that we put into it i david i still owe you a buck i think or something i got to drink whenever yeah I say everyone it. like we're just gonna go pound a six pack later. okay right now because every time i mention that thing because i mentioned it so much leading up to it so we're terrified of like losing our shirts <laughs> uh, anyways we, d- we didn't thanks to you guys so thank you guys so much for showing up um delmar wine food festival 2024 is being announced um, October 5th and 6th we've already set the dates um, we are ready to go again um, that's it you guys we're, we're back doing the, the um, podcast every single week later thank you